Spider-Man, Far From Home. You may have heard of it. It is the end of an era of a trilogy that is breaking your boxers right off. It is out. It has broken records. It is all the rage, okay? But guess the F what? Spider-Man Far From Home ain't got shit. That's right, because today on the end of year, cancel me, baby, extravaganza, it's going to be a two-parter and potentially a three-parter, a trilogy will explain, okay? So Spidey, who, yeah, this little Tom Holland, never heard of him, never heard of her, never heard of it, okay? Because this is going to be the end of year end of an era moment that will live on <laughs> until the end of time. Welcome. You guys, I have put so much work into this, like literally brow sweat, you know, all, like all kinds of things going on. Here are my notes, but you know what? We don't have time to kill because I'm not here to dilly dally like some other podcasts. I'm not here to tell you about my day, to tell you about my coverage. No, we got to get to the point. Okay. Unlike everybody here in Florida, like, by the way, if you are looking to get a coffee, if you're looking to get an answer from the target associate about what aisle you know, your Cracker Jacks can be found on. Don't expect an answer before your five o'clock shadow comes back, okay? Because this, these people are on Mars. Like, I don't know what's going on, but yes, in case you missed the memo, this is the traveling show you come with, okay? We started in Los Angeles before Gavin Newsom single-handedly took the state and placed it not so neatly into a huge dumpster, otherwise known as what will soon be the San Andreas, okay? And then we were in New England, you know, unfortunately not shacking up with Tom Brady, but in our minds we were. And now we're in Florida, we're here, we're doing it, you know, as slow as these peeps may be. Like I said, <laughs> we got like Buzz Lightyear doesn't even know. His little wings are spinning off because we're about to hit this shit hard. Oh, and I should probably explain to you what is going down today. Okay, see, I move so fast, you miss it. Keep up, keep up with your New England tri-state girl. Okay, so here's the sitch. So end of year up, all right? It's the end of 2021 and we're doing things a little bit differently today because it is 2021 and we're bored. So here's what's going to happen. A lot of the times, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but a lot of the times people say when they hear my show or see what I'm doing, they're like, damn, you were kind of cancel culture. You were on the cutting edge and you kind of called what cancel culture would ultimately become. Not only my celebrity interviews, what we talked about, right? Like all the provocative, all the controversial things that like E! News would be, oh my, they would be peeing and crying in a quarter, rocking in fetal position. Like they would never, okay? So the things I would talk to these celebrities about, and what's interesting, you are like, literally your minds are gonna be blown to see how they've now played out in the mainstream conversation. Wait until you hear, the, oh, I'm excited. I, my boxers are nowhere to be seen. Someone call Calvin Klein. They're nowhere, okay? So to see 
how these topics I brought to the red carpet have played out now in a mainstream way, in a controversial way, in a way that everybody's split on, but of course, okay, like the Red Sea could never, but also the way that these celebs would act in a way, like I'd be in trouble, they'd be in trouble, they meet to me, I meet to them, like who meet to who, I don't even know anymore, but, right, but I'm just saying, the things we talked about, the way we acted, shit that we would never get away with now, kind of like cancel culture before it's time. So what I thought would be a fun journey, you know, a final destination, because we all want a final destination ourselves off of this planet anyhow, is gonna be to go in a little time capsule, and I'm going to revisit a handful of celebrity interviews and topics and kind of riff and reflect, like really have a moment and talk about how they are like even more relevant today, more than ever, how it's things I would have never predicted, how the turn of events are just batshit crazy and where we're at. So we're really going to have a moment. We're going to have a fun time. Get on the roller coaster. I hope you make the height difference because I barely do. And let's get this shit popping. Okay. Like I said, no time to kill. So, oh, and by the way, so this is part one. We're going to have three topics today. And then part two, we're going to have three more topics because like I said, Tom Holland's trilogy, what? Moulin Rouge, Menage a Trois, who? Okay, three times a charm. You know I like a good warlock. So yes, like Hermione, what's up? Okay. And then at the end, like you're going to want to stick around because the way, like the journey that we are about to take this magic carpet ride on to the end, I'm going to take like all of this and give you my takeaways. I three again, like with the three, oh my God, it's all aligning. Wish upon a star. All right. My three big takeaways from all of this, where we've been, where we're going, where we're at, if it's not yet off a cliff. So number one, how more fitting to talk about the really the beginning of the end not only in my career, but no, it's really kind of crazy. I'm telling you, like Nostradamus is like, it is a proud day for him because this was in May, 2019. And when I say the beginning of the end, I mean, I was kind of catching on to the censorship and the BS again, before it really caught on, like before it caught on fire, you guys, like you should have just asked. So I brought this to the red carpet and I talked about it to Superstore and Crazy Rich Asian star Nico Santos. Because at this point in time, I'm gonna give you a little behind the scenes. I was like running out of things to talk to celebrities about because I was just like, I was just over it. But I was like, I'm here on this red carpet. If you don't know, I have my own site where I do all these uh, videos you're gonna see resides on there. But I also freelance for sites like very many, many mainstream outlets, right? Us Weekly, Hollywood Reporter, New York Magazine, Vulture, uh, who else? Van Dango. All right. It goes on and on and on. But like I said, I was getting real bored. I was like, and so I just did what I do best, which is bring my thoughts to action and bring what I was thinking to that moment. Because I, unlike Pinocchio, you know, I cannot tell a lie. So I asked him like, what is the deal? Because you are sitting in these celeb interviews. You are in these really uptight environments, whether it be like a red carpet, you know, with a publicist on a swing set, you know, from ear to ear, like on your head as your beard, like making sure what you're saying is okay. Or you're sitting in a junket. I've played for you many of my junkets, some of 
which with the you know avengers cast same thing like you're in a dark cold scary room is it a cave i don't know and there's a million people on your shoulders watching awkward okay but at this point of time again i was getting really bored because questions were like you know i was already going outside of the box and pushing boundaries in my site but it was a lot of like you know what's it like to be part of this project and representation this and working with this director that like i am snoring so I asked him about it, like, what would an ideal interview or press day look like for you? Because now the censorship is out of control, like what we can ask, what we can't, what we can talk about, what we can't write. Again, May 2019 was already calling this shit. So here's Nico Santos, like a deer in headlights. He is like this bitch right now. Like, this is not what I signed up for. What just happened? Here is the clip. What's like the prime press day? I mean, like, questions about the movie, yes. Questions about the character you're playing, yes. But then, like, throw something fun and random. So, if I was like, what's that position? Missionary. I recently went to a Bethany Larson. Okay. You're in a hotel room all day and you're answering the same questions. It is absolutely like a bad date. I'm like, You've asked this question already. Right. Over and over. That said, because I try and go out of the box and, okay. you know, ask about different stuff. What does it feel like? And when you do that, sometimes people are like, oh, well, well, listen, I mean, like, there's also like a huge machine funny. that controls everything, like, right? Like, the publicity machine and the studio, so there are guidelines to everything. You don't want to be Kevin Harden. That's what's scary is like, that's it, and then it's the end. And I'm like, back on, like, should I have answered your sex question? I don't know. It is underrated. Try to Okay, so as you can see, also shout out to the missionary moment. Like, gotta love it. Just really Freudian slip right there. Had no time to think about it, but just rolled off the tongue so naturally. Okay. So what was going on in my head? Also notice how he already, like this is before cancel culture really was in like life in the fast lane. But he even said at that point, he's like, you gotta be careful because you don't want to get Kevin hearted, right? Kevin Hart was notably like one of the first mainstream people to really get canceled, if you want to call it, because he was supposed to host the Oscars and they kicked him off, like literally kicked him off my Red Rover, Red Rover team. Okay. Because they resurfaced some homophobic, I think comments, whatever. So anyhow, oh, and Nico Santos is um, gay. So how the missionary thing works, I don't know, but you know what? I'm going to follow up with him on that. Anyhow, I was really interested because you notice this push and pull that he even brings up this guy. He's like, you know, we're really bored. Like switch it up, ask something, you know, new and spicy and interesting. But also you can't be over here getting Kevin hearted, right? And this was like the dance I was dancing that was so exhausting out there. And the part that like really just got under, underneath my spidey suit AKA my skin is how do you guys remember when these female celebrities had ball sacks the size of Hawaii? And I'm going to bring up Hawaii later. You're going to, I know, no, seriously, it's, we might as well be in the Bermuda Triangle. I'm going to bring up Hawaii. Why? Because I talked to a Miss Hawaii. Oh, it's a, another interview coming later. I know it all makes sense. It all, like I said, is aligned. So these girls had balls huge because they were like upset about red carpet reporters asking about their outfits and this and that, and their manicures, like who gives a shit speaking of what is happening here? I don't know, but like crack horror aesthetic. Anyhow, I just showed my manicure if you're listening and it's like, I don't know what's going on there. So 
they wanted, they started a campaign and it was like, ask her more, like, ask me more in-depth things. And I'm like, bitch, I've been out here riding my selfie stick on your head for three years trying. And yeah, we had a good time, but for the most part, you guys are shaking. You can't have it both ways. Which is it? So I thought that this Nico Santos interview was interesting, right? Cause it sort of brings that to light. It's like that dichotomy of like, yeah, ask us more things, but then like, you gotta be careful. You can't be, you know, in a bunker with Kevin Hart. And so anyway, the whole thing is crazy. I can't say that I miss that. I can't because they are psychotic, like a fickle high school boy. They don't know what they want. All right. They don't know what they want. So this brings me to the next part, which is cancel culture as a whole, because cancel culture, like, I don't even really know at this point in time, it was like just starting to become a talking point, like a phrase, a phrase. Okay. And again, because I have zero chill, because I am, I am really bad at faking it unless it really matters. And unless it's in the privacy, but you, you see where I'm going with this every now and then you'll, you'll fake it every now and then. Okay. But anyhow, on the red carpet, on the show, what you see is what you get. Like this is okay. And so naturally what's in my brain is going to come out my mouth and that's just what is going to happen. So because I'm over all of this, you know, garbage that, you know, these conversations on the red carpet, like could care less. I'm on a red carpet in November, 2019. So like I said, the beginning of the end. So Nico, that was in May. All right. This flash forward to November and we are not having this shit. So what happens? I'm on a red carpet with a bunch of comedians and I'm like, who better to discuss being censored, not being able to have free thought, not being able to say certain things than with a group of comedians. So I'm not going to play this, but if you want to catch it, it's up there. It's a live, you know, it's, it's Saturday night live. Unlike Saturday night live, which is literally, literally bare bones. Like, damn, that shit is bleak. But anyhow, it's up there on my YouTube. It's in my demo, like all, but I'm just going to summarize. Okay. So at this point I say to these comedians, I'm like, you know, cancel culture. It's a thing. What do you think? Like, let me get in there. Let me get in your brain. Here are some quotes. Mm -hmm. So we have Caroline Rhea. She's from Sabrina, the teenage, witch. never forget. Like, how dare you? Cause I know it slipped your mind at some point today. And honestly, shame on you. Okay. So Caroline calls it bullying. And she really says, she's like, it's straight up bullying. What people are doing What this all has turned into. And she's like, you know what, bitch, if you don't like my jokes, if you don't like what I have to say, here is an amazing concept, like really revolutionary. Don't come to my show. Couldn't have said it better. Okay. Then you have Kevin Nealon. He is iconic. He was on SNL. He straight up calls it communism. He's like, what's going on right now? You can and can't say this shit is communism. I have to run my jokes by my wife. She will straight up like an air traffic control. She will be like, no, sir, you cannot pass, you know, or, you know, get off the gray or white, whoever you choose to be your gatekeeper that day. But either way, he's like, this shit is communism. Then you have Ray Romano. Duh. Everybody loves Raymond. Okay, get a grip. Like, get a hold of yourself if you're like, who? Come again. I'm talking to you, Gen Z. Um, I love you, though. You know that. So, Ray Romano, he's like, he's so funny because he is like that boring, like sitcom kind of comic. And he's like, we need people to push the boundaries. Otherwise, everybody will be like me. And that shit is boring. Hilarious. So, anyway, again, really like having these combos before 
they were all over your face. Okay. Let's talk about how they've transpired. Let's talk about that. So number one, these are just some current, I mean, obviously we know how it's transpired, right? Because cancel culture has seeped into like every sector of life, which I'm going to talk about, but like, here's just some recent, like, cause it's literally a dime a dozen, but here are just some in the last week. Okay. And I'm going to reflect on these again. Like we love a reflection moment, like shout out to Mulan. What a time. So Kim Kardashian was just on Barry Weiss's podcast. And it was so interesting because she talks about cancel culture and she reflects on, but it's so funny how she talks about it. Cause she says, she's like, you know, I've just like never really been into it. Like as if she's talking about like your new frozen yogurt shop, as if she's talking about, you know, whipped cream or no whip on your frappuccino. Like she's literally just like so nonchalant as if it's not this like huge, you know, cultural moment in time, but like, so nonchalant. She's like, yeah, I've never really been into it. I just thought that was funny. And she talks about how cancel culture is ridiculous. And she also talks about in hindsight. Okay. When she and Kanye were like, before she was boning big dick Pete. Oh, I can't with this guy. I have words to say about him. I was just on David Yontef's uh, behind the velvet rope pod for his end of year finale. Oh boy. I got my thoughts on PDP in there, but anyhow, before she was boning big dick Pete, um, that's the only explanation for how he gets every tale. Like that is the most like gorgeous and famous and prime in America. But anyhow, like try to challenge me, try to change my mind. I dare you. So she reflects on Kanye and when he was on SNL and he wore a MAGA hat. And she talks about how at the time they got in a huge fight because she's like, I'm not a rule breaker. I don't like to ruffle feathers, which also sidebar is hilarious because it's like, which Barry ends up calling her out at the end. Thank God, because she's like, you're the girl who broke every rule, broke every mold, like showed us your asshole multiple times, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, come on, you're not a rule breaker. You know, like showed us your ass as also a businesswoman, like, you know, pay respect to respect is due, but I'm just saying like, okay, so she talks about how in hindsight, she's really gotten a fight with him. She's like, don't wear it. It's going to be a mistake. And she talks about now, she's like, you know what? You know what? I actually, it's so admirable, she says, to have a trait like that, especially these days where you get pummeled like a snowplow, okay? For every little thing that you say that people don't like. So she's like, you know what? Kudos to him for standing by what he believed in because that takes major ass chops these days. And kind of, you know, who was I to tell him? Like, it's what he believed is his expression. I wish I just would have let him do it. You know, good for him. So kudos to you, Kim K, like what a moment, but even this bitch is like, hold on a second, you know, and I like that how she's like standing by what you think is really commendable. And I'm here for it. Like a moment in time, this is another guy who's always are, are always in this, you know, conversation in this dialogue, but Joe Rogan, right. Who like, woke people literally despise, can't stand, have a target with his face, literally a bullseye on his nose. So recently. He had a board certified cardiologist on his show. And what did they talk about? But the vid, of course, right? So this cardiologist is talking about early treatment and he has been known to say things like, this is not about to be a COVID servant. Okay. I'm sermon, but I'm giving you like the context you need to know. Okay. So you're not floating off into the abyss. So this guy has been vocal about how, and I've thought this myself, but he talks about how 
there could have been so like 85% of deaths could have been prevented because of early treatment, because of treatments that doctors are, you know, reluctant to give because they wanted to instill fear and get people to get vaccinated and all this. When he's like, we could have been doing all this and saved your ass, but no, like you people thrive on fear. Okay. Like that big, scary, mean guy. I can't remember his name, but the one from Mulan, because I was just talking about Mulan. You know what I mean? Because when you're scared, you know, you'll do whatever people say, but anyhow, this isn't about that. Didn't I say that the point is the doctor posted the interview and he's like, we'll see how long this lasts. And that shit was censored faster than you can say abracadabra ho that shit was censored. So Joe Rogan goes on to quote a comedian, Tim Dillon. And he says this, the idea of silencing other enemies is powerful and apparently all consuming. I mean, if that doesn't keep you up at night, I will just replay that really half-baked whistle I just did as your alarm clock and something will. Okay, so I'm saying this is everywhere. Now to bring it back in this web of glory, Spider-Man Far From Home. So listen to this, okay? Here's example number three of the cancel culture debate. Spider-Man Far From Home was the last of this trilogy it just came out. And here's the TT, all right? This shit broke records, not really broke records, but it is the second highest grossing, I think box office weekend, whatever of all time pandemic or not after Avengers infinity war, like that shit is impressive. Here's the thing about it. I haven't seen it. Okay. But they're talking about a couple of things. Number one, how this is just like good, fun, old entertainment of the ages, like no woke, no going broke clearly. And if you need a little refresher on that, you can hear my Marvel's woke superhero going broke app to go back in time even more. But there's also underlying themes in the movie that are kind of about how cancer cancel, I can't even say cancel culture can just like literally suck a bag of dicks, right? And balls, sacks while they're at it. Because like, wow, talk about Freudian slip, my God. Because there's underlying themes about making mistakes and having second chances and all this. Now, here is where I want to talk about like how we've come. So we 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 talk about like putting like the immaculate conception Mary style, right? With Nico Santos back in 2019 talking about what we can and can't say, you know, specifically with him in a celeb oriented world. Okay. So flash forward to now, obviously the shit is full steam ahead. And so here's what's interesting. Okay. So take the far from home example because you have it now it's become this thing where it's so split right you have like if you want to call it whatever the left or liberal woke people they are like oh my god first of all they're like cancel culture isn't even real which is it we're gonna get into that okay cancel culture isn't real and they just want like the right just wants it to be the wild west wild wild west and they just want to be able to get away with any shit that they can They just want to be able to say whatever they want to say and get away with whatever shit they can with no accountability, right? And then you have the other side on the right, which is like, you people want to get away with whatever you can. Here's a quote about Far From Home from Breitbart, which is a right conservative leaning outlet. And see, this is where these fuckers are are, um, extreme because they, this guy says, he writes it up and he says, and no, far from home, they're raving about it. He says, there's no gay, no trans, no racial nonsense. This movie delivers the goods. That's where I'm like, all right. Like there's part of it that I get. Yes. Cause we don't want the woke messaging all the time on our skulls. Like we're so bored. We're so over it. Right. But 
this is where they're extreme too, because they're like, none of that, like to talk about gay, whatever. It's like, is that nonsense? I don't know. Like sometimes it's forced. Yes. But sometimes it's necessary. I'm going to get into that too. In the grand finale, like in the climax that you just have been waiting your whole life for. Okay. So that's the debate that's going on right now. And I think that the common fucking sense is somewhere in the middle, right? We need to be pushing ground and pushing boundaries and making cutting edge shit. Obviously like, hello, my hat, the name of my show, what a mind blowing concept, right? But obviously I think cancel culture is bad and detrimental. Common sense is somewhere in the middle. Thank you very much. Now where this has all led to oddly enough is Louis CK coming back. So Louis CK, a couple years ago, there were sexual misconduct allegations against this guy. And what's funny is he kind of like owned up to it and admitted to it. And to me, it's like, he just does not seem like a stand-up guy. Like, this is a guy you are not going to see me, you know, hanging out with. Like he talks about, he's like, I've never, you know, shown my dick to a girl without her wanting it. But he does allude to the fact that he used his like power and his status to, you know, lure women who were kind of like taken by his, you know, influence and be like, you know, like, you want to see my dick? Like, it's just not like, fuck boy but sleaze at the same time girl like just it's not my aesthetic so again this isn't the kind of guy i would necessarily be taken with but nonetheless now twitter is going a wall because they're like he's coming out with a new special and it's called sorry and it was promoted during that sad bare bones display that just happened this weekend of Saturday Night Live. So Twitter's like, cancel culture isn't real. You know, what do you, it's hiatus culture. It's not real. Like, what do we give someone? We reward them with a new special. So again, I'm not Louis CK's like, I'm not gonna be over here, you know, reliving my cheerleading days and doing like a yay rah rah for this guy. Because again, like, no, dude, I don't want to see your dick, but thanks. Okay. Like your gingery dick. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I didn't ask. Okay. But at the same time, what do you want people to do? Like he owned up to it. Okay. He talked about it. He's reflected on it. Has he been a dick pun intended about it? Like I've heard in other standups, he kind of made fun of it, whatever. Yes. But you know what? This hard truth is that you guys don't want to hear on the woke side is people have to go on with their lives. Like, what do you want? What do you literally want? Do you want him to be on the side of the road selling strawberries and bumblefuck for the rest of his life? Like, you know what? Life goes on. Okay. Sorry. That is the cold, hard truth. Like not if you're Harvey Weinstein, obviously, but this is what I mean about common sense, middle ground. All right. And obviously this is my last thoughts on this. Like Clearly from talking about it, you know, years ago to the name of my goddamn show to my merch canceled hat, which by the way, if you haven't gotten this for your very special beloved, you know, loved one for Christmas, for Hanukkah, for Kwanzaa, for New Year's, for your birthday, I give you permission. You can put a pause, order one now. Okay. And then you will be looking flossy as fuck. And then everybody will be showing you their dick, okay? But anyhow, it is very real, right? You've even had like, obviously I did a whole episode on the Dave Chappelle thing, which he and Netflix, thank God, I think are turning, like shifting the tide, overturning cancel culture with his special being like, no, we're not here for the bullshit. Don't tell me what I can and can't say. Kim Kardashian, obviously talking about, about it. Madonna's talked about it. Gwen Stefani, like it goes on and on. So it's a very real thing. And my crystal balls knew. Now going off of Louis C.K., here we go. We're going to talk about me too. So me too is another one. Now I was on the red carpet at a female oriented event 
when the Harvey Weinstein expose first came out. And I have to tell you before I show you this, okay, this, I was like shaking. It was so awkward because it was so fresh that people were kind of like afraid to talk about it and didn't know how, and didn't want to like offend anyone or if anyone else was a victim or was assault. So it just, I remember talking to my mentor, literally having to give myself a pep talk. And I was like, how do I do this? I'm scared. And he's like, always like, like my other stuff. He's like, just be where you are with it. Just arrive in the moment. Okay. Descend onto the carpet and just say what you got to say about it. So this was for the shit was fresh. Okay. This was October, 2017. So this is me talking to a handful like Bell, Nisi Nash this other actress. I can't remember her name, but she was in the show once upon a time. And here we are talking about this, like the beginning of what would be me too. So I have to tell you, I'm gonna be here off tonight because I feel like there's this oven. You know, Casting couch. I was going to bring it up. That you know, you had to put out to get a job. I, I've been in this position. A big question story is what needed to happen in order for everybody to feel comfortable to talk about it. And also to even recognize. Yeah. In a normal workplace, this would never, ever be allowed. And so I think this is a real shake-up. This is a tale as old as time. You know, so it's been going on for a really long time, especially in entertainment. You're led to believe that boys will be boys, and that's a part of it. You're in shock at first because you think, did that really just happen? And if you have witnesses, that's one thing. But then no one says, I have time. You like, kind of put it away. Yeah. You don't think about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, something like this happens. And I heard your life is worth more than anything. A role is just a role. And like, like everyone's yeah. kind of like, fuck, yeah. Like, can you explain it? Like, what if you It's kind of like, fuck, yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it by saying fuck yeah. It's untouchable, like Angelina, like what if, like, do you think that people have a responsibility at that state to be like this? I think it's pretty badass. When, especially when you're first starting out, they couldn't. They couldn't because there was so much at stake. I am my sister's keeper. I would stand in protection of the whole. Now, when they reach the level of success, they can come out and this is what is helping. This is the job that I have. She has a job. This girl over here has got a job. That girl. It just makes up this town. The good news is that this is the time where you can speak up and you can feel confident that you are not alone. Okay, so you can see, I even say to Blake Bell, how would you describe like being here and this feeling? It feels very like, fuck yeah, right? And she's like, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it with the fuck yeah. That is what it felt like. And I even, you could hear it and feel it probably watching it now. It was very like pure and powerful and like no more of this shit, no more of these, you know, people high up, you know, influential men, whoever in Hollywood taking advantage and doing bad things, like very pure and very badass now, right? I've talked to me too a million times. I've written op-eds about it. So see how it has now transpired. And what's so crazy. So we're going to talk about Chris Knopf. Okay. Cause Chris Knopf is what like your bird outside of your snow white house is chirping about it. Okay. Like everybody's talking about Chris Knopf, Mr. Big from sex in the city and all the allegations against him. And I think it's so telling of where we've come from this moment. Like I said, of power of like, fuck yeah. Right. So the sex in the city uh, reboot that literally I talked about it last week. Okay. In my episode and fans 
this is beside the point, but fans are literally like this ruined the entire series for me. And this is straight up disrespectful to fans because they kill his character who like the whole series is basically like the love story is based on. But anyhow, he like kind of coincidentally, oddly enough, right after this reboot came out, everybody was talking about it. Two women come out with allegations against him, right? They, and they're serious allegations. They are rape. They are like really not okay. And then a third woman comes out, same kind of thing, saying she was kind of like a lounge singer, worker, hostess, and in the room, you know, a private office of the lounge, he assaulted her. Some of them say they said to stop and he kept going. Okay. So you guys, like, this is such a complicated thing because on one end of it, it's back to the original, right? Like the fuck. Yeah, no more. I'm going to speak up and people are going to believe me for once. Cause I was never believed like take, you know, bye-bye like sayonara ho. But on the other end of it, and I have been very vocal about this, right. Is the idea that based on accusation alone, you can be destroyed. Now, like I said, these are very serious. Like you don't want this shit said about, okay. Like it is not, it is not right. Okay. Very not okay. Like heinous, disgusting things if true. But on the flip side, there are nearly accusation stories, some of which are emotional. Again, I'm not doubting or saying, you know, I don't believe them or this or that, but there's no investigation, no nothing. So merely after accusations are made, he is dropped from his agency he was supposed to have a huge brand, uh, like a liquor deal, business brand, a uh, brand by his uh, liquor for like 12 mil- million or something that that dropped out. He was dropped out of his, he was fired from the Equalizer, which is a CBS show. And there was a Peloton ad that made fun of Sex and the City killing Mr. Big. It went viral. And after it went viral, Peloton pulled it, which is like, to me, it's kind of like, what does that accomplish? Like we've already all seen it, hence viral. But anyway, that is where it's so complicated because it's like, uh, and I'm not saying that's the thing. It's not black and white, right? I asked you guys on Instagram, and this says it perfectly. I asked you guys on Instagram how you felt about it. And it was, you guys were from here to there. Like, where's Waldo? It was like a mixed bag. You were all over the place. Some of you guys were like, good, enough of this disgusting, bye. Some of you were like, how coincidental that he has been around for decades as this like, you know, powerful, like I said, in my last episode in the show too, he played like the quintessential alpha male, handsome, like charismatic, all of that. Right. So you've had him around for like over two, three, you know, two decades. Like where was all of this then? Like now suddenly, cause he has a show out, you know, so questioning that and also questioning, you know, of course, like as we should truth of it, how much of it is emotional, how much of it is real, all of this, especially because there's no investigations involved. So my takeaway from all of this, and by the way, I did a whole episode on Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy about this. If you remember not too long ago, because the business insider did a completely, like it was not to the magnitude of this, but completely botched you know, what was a hit piece on him trying to take him down for misconduct with women. And, but he ends up debunking them. It was this whole thing. Anyhow, I did 
two episodes on it. One, when it first went down another, when he told his side of the story. And then I wrote an op-ed that I read in that second episode that nobody in the mainstream would pick up merely because I'm saying this, what so many of us are thinking, even friends I have who are actual survivors saying and thinking this, right? Which is hold on, hold your horses, hold up. Like, have we gone too far now where all it takes is someone to say one thing and your whole life is ruined? What if that's my son, my dad, my husband, you know, whatever it is. But of course, like in the mainstream, you can't say that. And that is what gets me. That's what brings me to my final thought here, which is what a flip of power, right? When I first covered that carpet, when the Weinstein ship first went down, it was like, yes, you know, good. We're having a voice. We're going to be taking seriously. No more of this shit. You know, Nisi Nass talks about the casting couch, like the boys will be boys. Right. But now it's flipped where it's like men had in theory, all the power, but now look at this. What's happening is like women having all the power. And I, you know, I'm like the biggest, you know, yay, rah, rah, shish, throw me in with the men and let me compete. All right. That to me is really quality. However, is it too much power? Like, is it too much power where you can say one thing and someone's life could be destroyed? Now, if these things against Chris Noth are true, Mr. Big, have a big, good old time, pal, locked up, like, see you later. But it's something we're thinking about. And by the way, when I did that Dave Portnoy, when I wrote my op-ed, which is on my site, Talk to Me Taylor, when I did that episode, he had mentioned it on his show saying of all the mainstream of all this one girl, this one girl is the only one who had my back because no one would pick it up. No one would hear what she had to say, but it's valid how much, like I've said this before, but like make it count ladies. And maybe these women are making it count, but if we're throwing these around all the time, you know, some may be true, some may not be true. There's going to, people are going to be really, you know, I hate to say this, but bored of it, sick of it. And they're not going to take anything seriously. And if anything, they're going to resent it and be like, oh, great. What? Here we go again. Another one out to ruin a guy. And we don't want that. We don't want that. We want this shit to be taken seriously, right? As I've said. So shout out to you, Dave Portnoy, for shouting me out, okay? And if you want a refresher again on this, you can revisit the, um, I sound like a flight attendant, okay? I will meet you for the Mile High Club and you can, uh, oh, I don't know if that was a on color. I don't know if that was an off color joke to make while talking about these issues, but nonetheless, you can revisit my army hammer up from way back when and the day part night. Okay. So now lastly, speaking of women, you know, this shit is like, I have been around the block Julia Roberts style when it comes to this topic. Okay. So it comes when it comes to women and power now moving, pivoting a little bit, but still on that theme away from me too, is the idea of like self-image and sexuality and all of this now. And the idea, right? It's like empowerment and showing your body. Is it, you know, is it empowerment or is it straight up stupidity? Okay. So first let's talk a little bit about like women and self-image and all this. And guys, if you're like, what do I care you better care because y'all are single and you want to get in our brains, right? 
and know how we think. Okay, I thought so. So stick around. Okay. So the first I want to play for you, this is in 2017. And this story is really funny because this is with the um, actress, Victoria Justice. She was on Disney. She was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show remake they did. You'd probably recognize her. So I'm interviewing this girl on a red carpet. She might as well have been in Frodo Baggins' little grass hut in the Shire because she was just like, I could tell she was just not, she was bored. Her, I was at, I was at the very end of the carpet, you know, next to the MC, next to the janitor sweeping, like next to the bus boy, you name it. And this girl like would have been anywhere, but there. So finally I say to her, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? She like is rebirth. She is like a light comes out of her. Like she is coming from the divine heavens. Okay. Her eyes are cleared. Her skin is glowing. She comes to life and she talks about this. You have these reporters bombarding you with questions constantly. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the fact that I feel like Especially because of this industry and because of like so many young girls seeing other girls on red carpets, it kills me to see these young girls tweaking their faces and tweaking their bodies and it almost becomes like an obsession to where they feel like they need to reach this level of perfection. Everything that you are already makes you beautiful and makes you unique and that's all you need to worry about. So don't change your face, don't change your body, forget about Facetune, love yourself, that's what you need to work on for the rest of your life. You need to be your own best friend. That is what I want to do with. It's what makes you you. Own that. We are who we are, and that's yeah. it. Like, I'm sorry. Otherwise, we're all gonna end up looking like the same, the exact Carbon same, copies. like pouty lipped, thin nose, contoured, like creatures. She came alive. Who wants that? Who no. Wants that? No. no. Okay, so you can see how passionate she is talking about girls changing their faces, how everyone's going to look the same, right? Like almost like that Kardashian look, which we're going to get to funny enough. And I kind of hinted at before, but like she, and it's funny coming from her because you're like, not that she is that, but almost like this put together, you know, beautiful Hollywood star with this, you know, gorgeous clothes and a stylist and makeup artist, all that. So you're thinking like, isn't that you? But you could tell this bitch is passionate about this. Okay. My second example is this adorable little button. Okay. She is the star of Moana. And here she and I, this is again in 2017, ahead of its time. When the IG model was just birthed out of Mark Zuckerberg's vagina, here's what she has to say about the whole IG model hype. I don't know about you, but I would look at these like Instagram models and what, and yes, okay, me too. I know to each their own, but like, I just don't feel like it's real. You know, you look at it and you're like, that's not me. And it's right. like time that we're like, okay, like let's just be freaking authentic and we are. Right, and those girls are beautiful. There's no doubt about it, but so are we. Social media has just kind of given people a platform and I think it's so time to use our platform for them and to use our platforms that we all have to what is true and what is real so both of these women have these ideas of you know just let us live right and i hate the victim idea of like oh, women feel like they have to look a certain way or societal pressure blah 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 you know i can't stand any of that but ig is obnoxious how it's always on our head you know with everybody having like a carbon copy look again i'm Board, okay. So here's how it relates. And how, well, obviously we've seen how it's panned out and I've done many of episodes on this too. 
But let's talk about Kim Kardashian talking about this on Barry Weiss's podcast too, because here's what is flipping fascinating. This bitch, okay, Barry says to her, you single-handedly created the, the influencer, like the power and the appeal and the marketing genius. Like you did that, the aesthetic, the look, you know, selling products, like building a business, all of it. And Kim's like, I never really thought of it that way, but here's, what's funny. And I kind of wish that Barry like press on her a little bit harder about this, but she does kind of get around to the body image part and say like, you have kids of your own now and daughters of your own. Now, what are your thoughts? Like, where do you fall in the debate when it comes to influencing girls to feel like they have to look a certain way? Because she says, and this is where I'm going to kind of call BS. So Barry talks about, they're like, definitely not millennials. They're probably Gen X. And Barry talks about how they've always, like women have always had this sort of form of like pressure, if you want to call it right. But she talks about for her, their generation, it was like Kate Moss being ultra, ultra skinny in like a Calvin Klein ad, you know, versus now, which is like IG models twerking on your nose. Right. So, but then Barry says, where do you fall in this debate? Because do you think that it's the same as the Kate Moss or is it like, no, no, no bullshit. It's different now. And I, like I said, obviously think it's different now because back then, right. With Kate Moss, whatever. Yeah. Maybe you like, I'm not downplaying. Like if you had, you know, if there are any issues going on, but I'm saying like, you could have said issues in the privacy, you know, of your locker or your home. Now it's these young girls. And this is why I'm so passionate about it because this is me. Like want to protect their wanting to protect like their pure little hearts. They feel like they have to show it and get validation and have something to prove to the world on the internet for everybody to see 24 seven. So there's the difference for me. So I, I wish that Barry had pressed Kim a little bit harder because Kim basically says she's very like Zen, which like shout out to, you know, Zen, you know, Kim K, but she says, look, I see both sides of it. You know, I have kids now and she's like, North isn't allowed on her daughter isn't allowed on this and there are rules and blah, blah, blah. Right. So she's like, now I'm having conversations with them about how to navigate that and how it'll impact them. And like, how fascinating, right? Because it's like, again, you created this and now you're trying to navigate how it's going to affect your own. She kind of, I feel glosses over. And I don't know if this is her just not being self-aware or her trying to be positive. Cause I was surprised at how positive she is. She really is like, I try to see the positive in everything, but I noticed like, I feel like she does gloss over this part of it. Like even your own sister, Chloe has had, do you guys remember? I think this happened this year or last year. I don't know because time is an illusion. But Chloe had a whole thing where she came out and was like, because there was an, uh, an unphotoshopped raw, real photo of her that leaked on the internet. And she went into a whole frenzy, literally had to hunt it down, had to come out with a whole thing that was like, I, you know, while I didn't let anyone see this, I worked really hard on my body and I believe in your body and how it is. And it's like, well, what? Like, if you really did, you would just let us see the un, 
flattering if you want to call I don't even think it was unflattering photo it was real you would let us see it and you wouldn't have a conniption like it was fine but that whole thing goes into this right that it's like the paranoia of god forbid somebody seeing you unfiltered unphotoshopped on whatever and it's like your very own sister while also perpetuating it like has fallen victim to this so what so she kind of glosses over all that and she talks about the positives of instagram like the positive things she's seen and, you know, the people she's helped and the people who've inspired her, which is fine. That, that's all good and dandy, but it's also like, okay, but like, look at this. I'm not saying Kim Kardashian is at fault. She even says, cause Barry Weiss asked her like your whole look, like people get, does everyone not look like Kim Kardashian? I mean, let's be real right now. Like, let's keep it 100. People get surgeries, like their body, the butt, the eyes, like the whole thing. So Barry asked her, was this intentional to like bring your body to the mainstream? And she's like, no, I never really thought of it that way. You know, while I grew up in Beverly Hills, no one really looked like me, but like kind of all nonchalant about everything, right? Which again is like, is it positivity or lack of self-awareness? Still figuring that out. But the fascinating thing to me is she admits like back to her kids and the Kate Moss and all this and the pressure of it. She's like, I'm so glad that I didn't grow up with this. I was like, what? What? I'm sorry. My pasties were twisted in knots because I couldn't believe it. It's like, right. You, it's like the Mark Zuckerberg thing. Like Mark Zuckerberg creating this world of Facebook. Like that's destroyed us basically. Right. Meanwhile, he's the most private guy you'll ever meet. Same thing with Kim Kardashian. Like, like she has single-handedly, like I said, created this culture changing facet forever. And she's like, but man, thank God I didn't have it when I was younger. Like what? Hold, we're going to revisit this later, but what a contradiction. Like how telling is that of our times? Like, I'm going to let, I'm going to let that just sink in for a moment there. Okay. Now going off of this very, very lastly is the idea again of like doing things for yourself. Cause Kim Kardashian really has changed the perception of this, right? Like being empowering and showing your body in a way that like, it's really shifted the narrative. Cause it used to be like, Oh, she's a whore. She's a, this, she's a, that I know it's so dated. And now it's like, wow, what a boss bitch. I mean, look at OnlyFans. Remember this whole dialogue that's gone on. I had an OnlyFans creator on my show to talk about it. This whole drama of, you know, allowing sex workers and women to sell their content on their own terms and their porn or whatever it is. Right. So like, again, the narrative has shifted so much. Here is for this episode, the very last two interviews I'm going to show you that are going to blow your brain. Some of you are going to be like, what a moment of sweet relief and release. Like I couldn't agree more. And some are going to be like, who are these dinosaurs talking about this? Okay. Both are from 2017. Now the first one, remember when I talked about Hawaii? Yeah. Well get out well, you don't need a passport, but we're going to go back to Hawaii because this is me talking to Kelly who, okay. In, like I said, 2017, she was a pageant girl. Like I said, she was Miss Hawaii. This is one of my first, first carpets. Okay. So you can imagine this was what, four or five years ago. And I'm like, so let's talk about women and their nudes. So I asked her about this because maybe at the time, I think there was a controversy actually with the pageant girls nudes leaking and you could see like her mindset and you could see me, let me, I'll just play the clip. Okay. I represented Hawaii in the Miss Teen USA. How do you feel about 
pageant girls who get caught up in nude photos, things like that, do you think that it's like kind of fucked up that people give them crap for it? If you're going to do stupid things, keep it to yourself. Anybody who knows that they're going to be in the public eye needs to be really careful about that. Not to say that I was a perfect child by any means. So you would almost give them like a tap on the wrist and be like, uh-uh, I don't think it's smart to get those nude photos out there, Missy, if you know you're going to be doing this. I don't think it's smart for anyone, pageant or not, to have nude photos out there that they're going to regret. So there you have it. Kelly's like, I think it is stupid. I think it is stupid. Like, I think, I don't care if you're a pageant girl or not. It's stupid to have nude photos. I think everyone needs to be careful. And you could hear me kind of like pushing back on her. And I'm like, but isn't, cause kind of saying like the whole like empowerment idea thing, like, right? If you want to take nude photos, you can take nude photos. So I'm like, isn't that a little harsh? Like, right. But now, but now, like, isn't, I don't know. Like, do you agree? Cause like, right. How much that has changed from then to now, because now it's like, no, like they're doing it for themselves. Here is Jamie Lee Curtis. Same thing. Again, one of my very first interviews, this is when Kim K was like first hitting the scene with the Instagram model thing, right? 2017. And I say the same thing about basically nude pictures on the internet. And here's what Jamie Lee Curtis, the GOAT, the OG has to say. Here's what I would say. All of you and your selfie sticks. Yes, let's get close. Every single photograph of you on the internet will come back to bite you in the ass. They search through the databases every single thing you've ever posted. So all of you young girls with your red solo cups, drinking at parties in college, Okay, right? Shook. You are, she is like, put down your red solo cup because this shit is gonna haunt you until the end of time. So beware. You're like, oh my God, you're like, I'm shaking. I'm going to the Apple store to look at my cloud immediately on cue. But I really thought about this because it's like, wow, how again, the tides have turned, right? That was only four years ago. And it's like, yeah, there's this mindset of like, how stupid do you have to be? How dumb do you have to be? And now call it woke, call it whatever you want. It's like, no, they're doing it for themselves. And there's this amazing, I have to play this for you. It's this amazing video, little meme cartoon thing that I found. I posted it to my story at the time, but before I wrap up part one, I'm going to play this because it says so much about all this, like women and sexuality and how much they show and doing it for men versus themselves and where the patriarchy, ooh, the P word. Yeah, I know you thought it was like the WAP reference. No, the P word comes into play and men being the blame for everything right which is the little cliffhanger okay i know because you're hanging by a thread i'm hanging by that we're hanging on the cliff for part two right but how men come into play so watch this because i feel like it just shows exactly where we're at it doesn't capture it anymore it shows how far we've come from these interviews when it comes to women and what they do for like themselves versus you know society or men or whatever sit back, relax, enjoy the like 20 second clip. Ugh, that is such an unrealistic body standard. <gasps> Look at that, half naked for everybody to gawk at. She should really cover up. On display for male validation. That girl's got some internalized misogyny. Ugh, I hate men. Wow. 
She's beautiful. Talk about talk. She's not dressing like that for you. She's doing it for herself. This is why I hate men. So that for you just shows how far, like warp speed we have come. And when it comes to women, it is like, it is all, it's not confusing to me because I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm a sure ass bitch. Okay. But it is, it's like this idea of empowered versus exploited. Okay. And when and how men have come into the picture, right? Because this idea of like, you know, we're doing this for ourselves and no one else, but then the idea, like everybody is confused. It's conflicting. Nothing makes sense versus the idea of like a man, it was his idea and high heels and bras and boobs and, you know, thongs is a patriarchal idea. And I'm doing, and it's, you know, for a man and not for myself. It's like, which the fuck is it, bitch? I've said this before. Okay. So with that cliffhanger, gear up and get ready for part two. And we are going to be kicking off part two with you guessed it. One of my favorite topics. Okay. Besides the good old hop is men masculinity. Have we lost it where it's gone? Are we hard on men? Are they hard on us? Oh, ooh, that was kind of, Oh, with that said, I hope you're chomping at the bit and I will see you for part two.